Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm your host, Lazero, and I'm joined by Boxer Saint. How's it going, Boxer Saint? I am excellent. It's good, it's good. Uh, you know who else is excellent? Do you have a guess? Who's that? Uh, Our, oh, I don't do want to spoil is it a, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't know who's excellent. Who's excellent? Um, actually, excellent all our patrons that help support the show. So I'm just going to shut them up oh, right off the bat so we can jump right into things. Yeah. Uh, so let me shout out our patrons um, in the upper tiers. So they're getting all of our features. Um, the 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 random pre-show stories, you know, that you don't get anywhere else. Uh, awesomeness, Paint, Raz, Space Bear. Uh, we got, oh no, I don't want to use real name. Uh, Zodiac22, uh, Chaos Maker, and Caleb. Um, there you go. Thank you all. For your continued support. Um, Okay, with that, we're going to jump right into things. Uh, This episode will be Age of Empires 2 exclusive. We're also, we're not even going to try, we're going to do our best not to spoil anything from AoE 4. Um, We'll see how Boxer Saint feels about it, but I'm trying to save AoE 4. I think we'll do a show in a couple weeks um, where I'll take some time and then go through the tournament and then then we'll do a review show on it. So uh, that, that is the plan. This is the AoE 2 episode. Um, and I actually do have some AOE2 strategy that I want to get into when it comes to the finals. I want to kind of break that down more in depth. Something similar to what we did with the last Red Bull Wolo tournament. If I'm not mistaken, that was the one that Viper won, right? Last year's? Yeah. Yes. And that's that's the high bar of possibly our... the Maybe not... I don't know if it's the best episode that I feel like we've done or I've done. Um, but definitely the most prepared I've been for an episode. You were you were super prepared. You seem pretty prepared on this one. Just looking at the show notes, you said. Yeah, me. I I I put in at least you know it, it's very. I put in at least an hour and a half of work. So there you go. Yeah, most show uh, notes are like four bullet points, and this one is like <laughs> thirty maybe. Yeah, so. mo- mo- most show notes are are here's a link to the Liquipedia article or yep. to the Age of Empires website. Uh, for what we're going to talk about. And this one has a breakdown of the finals, which we'll get into. Uh, but before we do, um, let's just go over kind of group stage results, um, see if there's any surprises there. Um, so Viper, Villas, Jordan, MBL in the top end there. And then we have Hera, Tato, Leary, and Mr. Yo. Um, of the names that didn't make it through, Doubt didn't make it through. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Boxer said you had Doubt uh, kind of doing well in this tournament. How do you feel about that? I was a doubt believer. I think I was also an NBL believer, so I didn't. I didn't get too beat up. Um, yeah, doubt. That was surprising. He did not have a good showing, and that was very unfortunate. Uh, ACCM was probably a bit of a surprise too, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say doubt for his troubles of, of at least making it to the tournament still got uh, four grand US. So there you go. Um, so that's. I mean. You know, when I put it in perspective that there's really one tournament a year like this right now, uh, it's not that much, but it's 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 a nice chunk of change. I was going to say, actually, quite quickly, is like this, you know, I know it's called like Red Bull Wolo, but like at this point, we could just like rebrand it to like the Age of Empires World Cup or like World Championship. It, it is the height. And I, I think Red Bull loves that. Like, I think, I think they want it to feel like the the end all be all. Age of Empires tournament, and so they've done a good job with that. No, I I know that, but like I wish, like I wish they just had the permission because I think it's like a permission thing, right? And it Probably. might it might just be like if they have other tournaments, they don't want to diminish, diminish. Sorry, I'm like multitasking right now as my microphone is slowly falling down, uh, lower and lower. Um, 
I'm just holding it to my my face right now. Okay, I was gonna say that um, I feel like if they could make it just called Red Bull Wolo World Championships, I don't think anybody would be. I mean, Red Bull will love it, um, but I don't. I don't think anyone. I wouldn't mind. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's that's the big tournament. Everybody knows it. It's got the. I'm sure it's got the most views. It definitely has the most funding. The the biggest prize pool. Maybe maybe it's a thing of uh, here. Okay, maybe maybe I finally got my mic to not fall. We'll see. Um, maybe it's also a thing of I like everyone knows it's, that it's the de facto world championship, but I I understand because they don't want to make other companies mad, right? And if, I'm I'm sure there's like another part of Microsoft that if they wanted to, they would like make it. I don't know. They'd make it uh like they just call it like the Age of Empires World Championship. You know, it wouldn't be brand related. Um, in some in some ways, it's the fact that Red Bull is putting it on, right? That that enables them to have Red Bull Wolo here. Um, I still am a little bit confused as to why it was called Legacy. I think I don't know the Legacy conversation, but it it did include Age of Empires one. So yeah, they did have Age of Empires like... one, then Age of Empires four. But like, part of me is like, is, are you telling me this is the last one? Like, is is that the hint? Anyway, that's my speculation for the day. Uh, okay, let's continue on. Sorry with these results. Um, yeah, uh, Jordan made it through. Tato made it through. I mean, I had, and I we're gonna talk about Tato more, but I definitely felt like Tato was not someone I expected to make his way through uh, as easily as he did. Um, all right, let's let's start with this. All right, Leary beat Viper in the quarters here. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Like, if there's one person that's going to beat Viper, it's going to be Leary. Um, and I know I, I mean, we're not going to talk about the AOE four part, but I know like Viper tweeted out that I felt he said he felt like he put too much pressure on himself. And I think there is something to that of stretching yourself too thin trying to play uh, both games. Yeah, I think it's not surprising that Leary won. It is surprising that he won three to one yeah right like you'd, you'd think viper it would split you know a two two and you go into a fifth game um but yeah that that didn't look good for viper who looked good in the group stage right undefeated um straight four zero in the group stage didn't even didn't drop a single match yep no uh for sure for sure i was all, yeah i was also gonna say um i love that it's bo5 bo5 bo7 and i know there's some diehards who are like no i want a best of nine i want a best of 47 i want to make sure that the person who wins is the person who should have won uh but the reality is from a viewer's perspective it's just so much cleaner you know what i mean it's so much easier to actually follow this tournament uh when you're, you're there's a max five games instead of you know nine and then the finals yeah. being seven is fine. I, I think this is the way it should be standardized. Um, it, it, it looks like a StarCraft bracket, and I love it, but I understand why some AOE players might not. Uh, then we had Viles beating Mr. Yo. This doesn't surprise me all too much. Um, did you did you kind of see anything in here that uh, um, stood out? I don't follow I don't follow Viles and Mr. Yo that much. I know they're top tier players, so that set could have gone either way. Yep. And then we had uh, Tato beating Jordan um, in the quarters here. No, that was and a good set. If I recall, sweep. <laughs> that was a reverse sweep. That, you know, you thought Tato was out. 
And I just I kept watching that just to see the reverse sweep. We had it last year with um, NBL reverse sweeping Hera, and you just everybody loves a reverse sweep. I mean, there's a part of me that just feels like once you get a reverse sweep, like that momentum just builds, right? So this is this is probably the this like if if there's a series apart from the finals that I would recommend, this looks like it, right? Yeah, if you're gonna watch one, Jordan. And you're not going to watch the finale. Jordan Tato is really good. There you go. Uh, then we had Hera 3 0 MBL, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, what does surprise me is the Tato 3 1 Hera. Uh, did you see anything here that uh, can maybe lead you to. to, to, to what, what was up here? What was, what was happening? <laughs> I mean, I think just Tato just caught some wins there, right? And just went for a run. Hera looked very frustrated. Uh, I believe this is also the set where Hera said he accidentally alt-tabbed out of the game and he couldn't get it back on. And to his words, he lost about 30 seconds of time. Um, I didn't didn't see that live, but I was told it was pretty much GG already. Uh, And he didn't lose a full 30 seconds. He lost 10 or 15 seconds. Um, But depending on what was going on that could have been a, a very bad 10 to 15 seconds of tattoos in your wood line or something. I mean, no, of course. I, I think there's another part of me that feels like uh, it is one of those frustrating things, but I guess that's the difference between the people who win consistently tournaments and people who don't is like, can you be in that situation and not get tilted? <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's such a crazy skill. And I'm saying that as someone who a hundred percent would probably, you know, if I was up to and then that happened, could you know, lose to reverse sweep, like most likely. Like that that's probably my mentality. So I'm not yeah. taking away. But it's it's definitely one of those things that I think you see the better players um when there's really terrible things that happen. Unless that terrible thing directly leads to you losing everything. I mean, I get that, but uh I can see just the fact that it happened bugging someone enough that it, it kind of leads to uh to your downfall. Yeah, if I'm reading this right, Tato handed Hera his first loss in this tournament because Hera came out of the group stage 4-0 didn't drop a single game uh, got into the quarterfinals and dropped NBL 3-zip and then Tato just handed him the 3-L that he needed to go home there you go yeah yeah I mean, I mean and Tato like I think after that 3-2 over Jordan like Tato had the, the win behind him and we'll talk more about Tato in the finals because I, I think I, that's where we'll have a, the most strategic in-depth discussion um and then we have the Lear 3 0 and Viles. i i will say regardless even this is a 3-0 i think this is a great result for Viles. um i i don't know if Viles could have expected from this tournament but getting fourth uh is is a great win i think for him yeah yeah definitely okay are you ready i'm ready all right we're gonna go into the finals now which we go in depth i have the notes ready um I want you to tell me, uh, what do you think I wrote the notes on? Like what application did you use? Yes. Uh, it looks like some notepad stuff. Yes, could, could it was notepad. Power- yeah, yeah. So it could it have been PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was on notepad. Okay, game number one was on Frigid Lake, uh, which is Lin- uh, Lira is playing hi- uh, Hindustani against Tato's Khmer's. Um, I think right away, I want to talk about the map layout. <laughs> Uh, you start with your TC being surrounded by shallow water, water, which meant you couldn't build farms around it, right? 
Um, and I think it's interesting because essentially because it forces you to build like uh, a farm somewhere a little bit further, it actually allows for more harassment, right? Just by nature of the way it's made. Um, and I think that was shown right away, right? Because immediately when I saw this game, like both the players, they're getting their scouts out. Uh, Tato a little more than than Leary, but in general, they both like, okay, there's opportunity for harassment. Um, and, then, and then Tato just went crazy here and uh got villager after villager after villager um and there was it was interesting because tattoo at one point saw that oh i am actually overwhelming him so kept building more scouts and then at some point had like a 20 uh villager lead right just based on continually um continually picking off villagers and it's one of those things where age of empires 2 in general i feel if you're not aging up fast enough, you get punished a lot of the time. Um, but I think in this particular case, even though that he was behind on Castle Age, um, it just felt like the amount, the sheer amount of continuous pressure and continuous villager pickoffs that he got um, definitely made it so that he was kind of he kind of strolled into the later game, right? He just, he just felt like economically he was way ahead. Um, and another thing I was going to mention real quick here as well is. Uh, there's like shallow water in the middle of this map. So unlike a lot of maps where you have a lot of land and people will just like have aggressive castles here, you'd build a dock literally just to have a demo ship, just to like hopefully catch someone trying to make it through the middle. Right. Um, yeah. So that was like a fun little game happening. Uh, and that's Tato's signature move is using demos to blow up land armies. Uh, but actually I heard during the broadcast that someone suggested to Tato build a dock near your TC <laughs> so you can demo under the TC, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so like you could essentially when your villagers are running away, you could threaten with a demo. <laughs> it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Um yeah, and then and then eventually, sorry, in this game with economic lead, um Tato at some point had like Scorpions, Nice, and Halberdiers all together. Um, the scorpions were kind of nice because they're just like being able to fight against Leary's ranged units, um, and then and then yeah, eventually they get in, they destroy a castle, they keep attacking, and and Tato wins. So, what did you think of this first game? Um, yeah, just a, a good opening for Tato. Leary's super strong and super dangerous, and any any player, I mean, Viper took one win off of him, Veles took zero. Um. And I think up to that point, yeah, Leary had Leary had lost three games in in the group round, so um, so he wasn't playing his best in the group round. But in the playoffs, Leary was on fire. So coming out with a with a win was a good indicator for Tato. I think as well is strategically. What I thought was really impressive is that every map mattered so much in this series more than anything else. Like, I, I think a lot of times we'll talk about strategy in Age of Empires and especially like at certain rank, you'll talk about the basics, right? And like, oh, play your your sieve, right? Just learn and get your sieve really good and know what your sieve is good at. Um, but here, what's interesting is on top of just the sieve choice they had, it's playing to what the map strengths are, right? It's not, oh, what am I comfortable with necessarily? It's Oh, on this map, what Civ, you know, gives me the best advantage. So I think I think that was definitely exemplified. Um, then we went into game number two, which is on Arabia, and we had probably the most meta matchup, uh, shall we say. If you're a Cav player, you've you've played e- either of these or both of them. Uh, we had Leary with Lithuanians and Tato with Franks. 
Um, and it started like all good uh, <laughs> Cav matchups, early, early uh, I guess, uh, cavalry and, and spearmen skirmishes uh, right off the bat. Um, so, um, any any surprise there on Arabia to see uh, see that Cav early Cav <laughs> play? No, but this was Leary's map draft, and I believe the loser picks the very next map. And they can pick from any of the maps that were drafted. So it was Leary's draft and it was Leary's pick. So you got to think Leary's trying to bring that back to standard meta play, something that he feels confident in, and try to get a W on. Um, yeah, and actually, was, while watching this, mm-hmm. you've got a note where Tato loses uh, a lot of monks. I thought it was over at that point when Tato yeah, yeah, we're, threw we're, all we're those monks. Note, can, I, can I just go quickly? Uh, I want to talk about a little situation that happened right before that. But I think you're right. That that moment with the monks was, was probably the pivotal moment in this match. Um, I was going to say, uh, we there was a little part in the beginning where like the commentators went crazy because Leary managed to get into Tato's base. Um, but then Tato ended up building like a wall, like on another side and like trapped in the nights. It was, it was like a whole little thing, which was, I thought was funny because like, it was one of those things. It's like, if Leary gets in, then like, okay, getting a couple villagers, like that could be huge. But at the same time, like Tato trapping these, these, I think it was knights, uh, in, and then eventually like destroying the wall and getting out was not that big of a deal. Or even if you lost a couple, it was like, well, relatively, I mean, it's, it's failed, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, a lot of this game f- was a fight over relics since Lithuanians have that bonus. Right. Um, and so a lot of night versus night. And then when you have knights, obviously you're going to want to use monks uh, because they're easy to convert. Right. So it was one of those things where, because of that, it, a very interesting composition, right? That I don't see, ever when i play age of empires but on the highest level it's just a normal thing right where uh because of the fact that it's so easy to convert knights you just that monk war especially on top of the fact that they're fighting over relics just makes sense uh and then yeah then there was a big battle which you were getting into yeah so just uh tato threw a lot of monks and a lot of knights in a in a big fight in mid and i i thought that game was over and in fact i think i I didn't finish the match. I looked away and came back, and uh, and Tato had pulled out the W somehow. So again, another another good opening for Tato. Two in a row. Uh, Arabia, something that they both play all the time. But Leary being a very, I think of him as a very technical player. You know, not that any of them aren't because they're all amazing. But Leary is very technical, very detailed, very micro heavy, and a big open map like. Arabia gives him a good opportunity to flex that. Yeah, and, and it was his own map choice and he didn't win, right? So that's that's uh that's giant. I was also gonna say this is also the point where I noticed and I understand that like these leads were were created through aggression in some cases, but I just think Tato's mechanics, like especially at this point in the day, right at the very end of the tournament, you've been playing so much, but it felt like Tato's macro economy was on point. Like his ability to continuously be ahead in villager production, even when really there hasn't been like relatively there, like in a lot of games, I'm not saying this game specifically, right? In a lot of the games, neither of the players were quote unquote winning, right? No one's like landed big blow, but I consistently see Tato five or 10 villagers ahead. Right. Um, And that's something that came apparent to me. It's like, wow, he's, and I guess that's kind of probably been Tato's MO always. Right. Um, but I think what Tato reminds me the most is he feels like a very versatile player 
And then because he's so versatile, because we'll see all these like different strategies from him, we forget, oh wait, no, his like basics are so good, right? Uh, that just lets him uh, take a lead and win with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think Tato just showed a lot of breadth, I think, at this point in the series. Um, Showed how much of a threat he was coming in. For sure. Uh, The next one was on Morass. Um, So uh, this was like a weird one for me because it, it. Did this one start with the barracks? Is there something like that? Am I like an extra I, barracks? Is that crazy? I don't remember. Or was it specifically like a Bulgarian strat that meant you can have men of arms right away? Because um, that might have been it. Either way, uh, Tato had men of arms plus a scout trying to get uh, pressure early. Um, this was also an interesting one because like, I feel a lot of these maps actually dictate a strategy. Um, you had a lot of uh, farm like mills essentially getting shorefish. <laughs> Um, so that you're kind of fighting over this like shorefish areas. Um, and essentially they were defending early pressure. Um, and at some point like Tato was like trying to defend, but just gets overwhelmed. Like it felt like, yeah, Tato attacked early and then got repelled. And Lyra was eventually able to like tempo if, if that, that word makes sense in this scenario, right? Where, uh, you, in that point where, you know, the other player, has just weakened himself and probably has less army, which which Tato did in this in this game consistently have less army. Um, eventually, Liri was able just to bully a win. Um, and even though I think Tato got, uh, I believe a second TC first or like built it, uh, but still wasn't able to clear out uh, the knights from Liri. So uh, Liri is able to take it. Yeah, good game sense from Liri, knowing knowing the position he had put Tato in, and realizing his win condition was to just keep applying um, military pressure. For sure. Um, This was one of those games where I'm like, oh, this is one of those micro games, you know, (laughs) where like you've made a mistake. And if if someone knows how to put the pressure on, you just kind of lose it. Uh, Then we go on to the bull map, which I, I was like, is this a Red Bull sponsored map or is there actually just like a rotation map? That's just, just a bull. Uh, you tell me. Uh, I would say Red Bull sponsored. All of these were created by Charzini uh, outside of something like Arabia. So oh, mm-hmm. this is definitely a, a themed map for um, for this tournament. What I will say, though, is that despite the fact that it looks ridiculous because you see a giant bull like head <laughs> in the middle of the map, um, it's actually quite interesting how they met it because it's a tree line that's in the shape of a bowl, essentially in the middle. And then on the East and West ends of the map, you have, um, you have these, like you can get fishing ships going. And then the very North you have, uh, you have like shallow, right? Where you can, uh, what was it called? Shores. Shores. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shore fish, shore fish. Um, and I think what's tactically interesting is that if you destroy that wood line in theory, it becomes a giant map, right? Like it's actually just an empty plane and nothing's in it, right? Um, but what ended up happening is a lot of the players they built like a wall around on one side, right? Um, like on the outside of the bull. Um, but then if their wood line got destroyed or if they end up cutting it, they just like build their own like houses there to replace it, right? So then they'd naturally make a wall there. Um, so I, I thought that was quite interesting. So it, it essentially forced you to decide, okay, do I want to try to get villagers to cut? Like that's that's what like I think 
part of me feels like the map creator with this map wanted you to be able to like I don't go forward with like 20 villagers and like cut down some trees and get in. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what I, I think he was, uh, he was hoping for, but that, that wasn't the case here. That's what a lot of them would do. They they would chop through because the almost all of the golden stone is inside the bull's head. Mm. And so you have to either chop through to get to it or take a long walk around to get over there. But I think and beyond so, that, it's like, so, okay, so that's interesting because then it forces confrontation in the middle, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to use that like giant middle area to stage your next attack. Well, I guess once you're in, I guess you can eventually get to like range units and, and harass, right? So I guess yeah. you could. And players would often sneak a vill in there and then right before their opponent was going to chop through, you'd see them wall their opponent out. Either with houses or stone walls. And so now it's like even longer for you to get back to that gold. And then there's also the the shorefish in the north, which was an important resource early on. So it's like you've got to decide, are you going to commit to the shorefish or commit to the gold? Um, Are you going to fast castle or are you going to go feudal? Like there's a lot of things that play in this map that it's a very gimmicky and weird looking map. A lot of players banned it just because they didn't have a ton of practice on it. Uh, But I had fun watching how the games develop. I mean, I, I like that. Like, I think there's another part of me that like, there's that creative, like explorative side to new maps, right? Uh, unlike maps that you've played a million times where people, you know, I, I guess it's like, you know, I, I don't know what you think of it because uh, I know you like the chessboard analogy when it comes to Age of Empires. So like, you know, Arabia 24-7 is probably your ideal, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I prefer uh, it. I prefer it. If I've got to choose Arabia or Arena, I'll go Arabia. But I, I think the point, what is, it's like creatively, like you you have to take the map into account, right? And that, that's the difference between a lot of the pro players and the rest of us, right? Is how they plan for these tournaments. Like a tournament like this, like maybe what it shows more than anything from Tato and his result in some sense is his ability to plan for a large variety of maps, right? Specific strategies that will work. Um, and then practice those and then implement them, right? Um, because I think just the sheer amount of possible maps means that you probably have like 20 strategies, right? Um, and and then on top of it, it's like the sieve, you know, then we have the sieve uh, Rolodex and which one do we decide and how we're going to try to counter and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I found this one quite interesting in, in how it played out. Um, sorry, by the way, Leary was Byzantines and Tato was Turks. Um, there was... Uh, this one was interesting. Um, but it it kind of I'm just gonna like go through it. It kind of ended up going to a point where Leary was able to secure a TC in the north. Um, and that's where they f- fought over it, right? Um, so let that me, was the first big thing. S- yeah, that Civ pick. Um, Hera had taken Turks on this map a couple of times already with good success. Uh, once against Mister Yo, I believe. So. That Turk pick for Tato was less of a strategy and more of a preventing <laughs> preventing Leary from potentially <laughs> using Turks like his uh, teammate because Leary and yeah, yeah, are yeah. on the same team. That's fun. That, that, that's fun. I mean, that that, that kind of makes sense, right? I, it, but if you're not used to it, I don't know if it gives you necessarily an advantage. Um, but yeah, so they, they had that fight in the north and, and uh, Leary won... Um, and then because it was it was Genesaries and Camels uh, from Tato against Leary's Knights and Leary, Leary ended up winning it. Um, but then there was like this weird interaction at the very end of this game later, 
where they're like trying to set up castles um and Lyria like has to reposition his castle so he destroys um his his monastery but the monastery drops relics so he can't build the castle where he wants and then Lyria decides oh well now I can't build the castle let me just prevent your castle so he prevents Tattoo's castle and then wins it <laughs> so it was a it was a funny interaction in that sense um but but regardless uh yeah Lyra's it managed to win this one and bring it back to 2-2 so back and forth series uh so far i don't know if you have any thoughts on that game no just love that map i would love for that to be in the in the rotation eventually we we need the um (laughs) instead of a bull it's just like a giant m for like a monster energy tournament (laughs) or like a g for gatorade (laughs) Or no, uh, what's like a what's a more fun one? There's like a tiger energy drink, right? Maybe like a giant tiger face. <laughs> I think the G the G could be interesting. Well, how would you make the G? Like you would then have to make a map that's uh, that's not lateral. Right? Oh, sorry, that's not symmetrical, right? <laughs> like that that in itself would be interesting. You put the relics in the middle, like right in the center of the G. I don't know. That could be cool. There's, 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 so both players start at like almost right beside each other, and the resources like wind through the G, and you just have to like race into the middle of the G. Um, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) the game starts, and you have like an army of, of like 10 of each type of unit and one villager. And the villager has enough to build a TC, but there's no place to build a TC until you've run through the whole G. And then the middle of the G is just like a giant barren wasteland where you can then start fighting. All right, uh, enough of my ridiculousness. Um, We then go to game number five, which was on Shoals. And this is a a game between Lear with the Bohemians and Tato with the Italians. Um, I was like, oh, Bohemians. Yes, the the, the Civ that I I mained for quite a bit. Um, And... I mean, what Lear will find out, and I already knew, is that this Civ is so gold-intensive <laughs> that is very... Uh, it, there, there's a reason it's very hard to uh, play at the higher level. Um, I, I'm just going over the map here really quick before we... before I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that near the end of the game here, but map was mostly shallow water in the middle with fishing ships made from both teams, so there's a fight over uh, that in the middle. Um, there's one point where Leary kind of gives up on, on fighting for water in the middle here and takes some crossbow and tries to go around and then the the casters hype up like that. Oh, Tato's gonna get like a demo ship and hit this, which is the goal. But like, it was a little ridiculous, you know. Like Leary was not that close to the water. <laughs> like Leary would have to like actively put himself in super dangerous situation. Um, anyway, uh, at some point, Leary is able to get a castle up to the north and the south of the map. And at this point, this was interesting to me, like just strategically, because. There is scouting, right? But another extension of scouting is map presence. Um, so it's the ability not just to know necessarily what's everything that's going on, on the map, but on top of it, to make your opponent feel like there's pressure on them being put, right? And the way that this map split, this game number five map split, it, it meant that um, Tato was able to take the, the, like the, the waterway in the middle um completely right with his docks and then and then you just had leary on the north and south end with castles and like you might think okay well now you know leary's plan is just make like a ground army and eventually push through um but what ended up happening is like uh 
And then let's like Lyria had that advantage for a little bit. You can get golden stone and stuff. But like what ended up happening is the middle docks eventually just got bombard galleons or cannon galleons, right? And just started attacking the castles from far away. And I'm like, oh, okay. This this is not played out the way I think Lyria expected it to. Yeah, anything with a mid-water is always very important um, to the long-term game. Because if you can start getting, especially an imp, you start getting cannon galleons out there, you get regular galleys to harass. Um, it's not just that you now don't have water, but you don't have, like, I don't know how long a Shoreline, cannon galleon yeah. can shoot, like 10, 10 tiles, 15 tiles. Like, you're losing, <laughs> you're losing a bigger presence in just that middle and the other thing that helped here having owning water there's a little bit of a shallow path straight through mm, the water yeah, yeah. to where you can technically route mil- land military through it and so Tata was able to use that a few times since water was safe for him he could walk five or six archers up mid get into Leary's base and start harassing which is just a distraction but it's something Leary has to respond to in what, addition what's to the Italian two flanks. special unit do you know what's um, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Um, <laughs> you're about to say it. it uh, it's not Genoese. I was gonna say yeah. Genitor. Genitor came. I was like, it's not Genitor. Genoese yeah. crossbows. Genoese crossbows. Okay, yeah. Because Tato got in with with a bunch of units into Elyra's base through this mill part uh, a couple times throughout the game. Um, I was also gonna say what was quite interesting as well is. I think in general in Age of Empires we haven't like pro players and higher level players have a tendency and it's a smart tendency to know when to give up on something right um I think strategically if we look at this game we can think oh like this castle setup it makes sense from Leary in the sense that he knew at some point he'd lost water and he knew that there's no way he'd get it back right so you cut your losses right um and so you get into like this weird dilemma where Lyria ended up making a choice that meant he was strategically like he gave up so much like this map specifically he gave us so much of the map but you know him fighting for that water and losing would have also cost him the game right um, so it's one of those things where do you want to have like a, a worst a worse strategy that you might still be able like eventually right get into the corners right the north and south corners beside uh, tato's base and then start uh, piling on pressure do you go for that or um you know or do you lose right away in in like a in a ship versus ship battle so in a naval battle so i think i think that was an interesting like proposition in itself right um where sometimes like age of empires always has a like i think players always have that tendency of like okay, well, I'm losing and I don't really see myself coming back, so let me switch the strategy. But I think in this particular game, like, it seemed to me like no matter what he would have done, he was just so behind once he lost water. Yeah, well, I think his play once he lost water was to take all the gold because the gold was concentrated in two primary spots on either side of the pond. And he meant to go ahead and lose water but keep Tato out of the gold, and he didn't do that. There was there was gold piles were spread out enough that Tato still had access to gold. Um, I think with a couple castle drops or something. So, well, and it was unfortunate because I think in hindsight, Leary would have put his castles further from the shore. Yeah, 
Like, I think Leary's choice of putting the castles close to the shore was against normal, like, galleys and, and like, stuff, right? Yeah. But as soon as Cannon Galleys came, uh, it ended up being the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah, and the hope is that they never get to Cannon Galleons because you control the gold. But mm. it didn't work out like that. No. Nope. And it was just, it all fell apart within, like, a two-minute period where Tato made a mid-push with a few archers. He made a north push and a south push. And he won all three areas. And once that was once that happened and the castle started dropping, it was just there was nothing left. Leary knew it. And I think that was also the advantage of having these cannon galleons, because even when they weren't necessarily destroying like military buildings, they're just destroying random like production billions. The fact that there was pressure from three areas all at once, right? Um, yeah. right, they'd be on one they'd be on the south, uh, you know, Tato's army was in the middle, running through the water, the shallow water, the the <laughs> the longest routes, and then and then at the top you had like an even battle. But it just felt like Leary had a lot of things concentrated in the north, and then we're just losing everywhere else. Yeah, uh, this would have been an amazing game seven. This this yeah, is probably yeah, where the where the series was won for Tato and lost for Leary. Um, well, because the they're both two two. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And the commentators are saying that most people win game five, win the series, and just because it's like the sheer pressure is a lot. Yeah, but can yeah, you- well, that that makes sense to me. Um, but this was this was like the height, I think, of the series. Very intense game. Could have won either way. Game six, we're about to get to, was not as intense. <laughs> and this was interesting. So, so right after this, I believe I think it's called right. Like Leary calls a break. Is that is that how that happened? They call it a break, or is it? Yeah, there is a break that happens, right? And I'm curious if this was Leary calling it, or um, just a general like, oh, there was a scheduled time that they do a break before the last game, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they could have called a break if they wanted to. So they a couple of times in different series they had a, a quick break. They were never very long. Like I suppose, like it wasn't any longer than usual, but but. uh, You know what it is too. Like if you were down, if you lost three games in a row, a break like this like made sense to me, right? Um, and I think the idea was that like, okay, well, Tato now has momentum because he won like a you know a, a quite exciting game, like a quite big game, and now he's won away. So like trying to break his rhythm, right? Um, but it's not quite the same. Like I think I think a break like this, like strategically. Like from from like a mind games perspective, would be more effective if you like lost two or three in a row, and then you take a break like that, right? Yeah, I think um, the longer the break, the better it is. Trying, that's true too. Yeah. You're you're saying Larry, you might have been trying to ice the kicker over here. Oh, a hundred percent. You always yeah. yeah. Could be, could but be. I mean, like, there's there's two things to it, right? There's like, like it's like a a cheap tactic and sports but like there's another part of it that's like if you're good enough you shouldn't be affected by this right yeah yeah uh no. so i would i would respect it if that's what he was doing <laughs> but he could also have just got completely like juked out and broke his ankles on shoals and he wanted to he wanted to, to regroup take a minute yeah yeah no, no 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 i mean but that that's the other strategy it's not just icing the other person it's like okay i need a breath because i i'm making the mistakes i don't usually make and stuff right um then we go right into game number six uh lira's aztecs tatoas tatars um i originally when i wrote this i, I put tatoars i just <laughs> just spelt it together uh and i i think what, what was fun in some ways is like oh aztecs 
map with a bunch of gold on the outside. That's what they're going to fight for. Okay, I see it. Um, Tato had a sieve bonus. Uh, like the instead of sheep, there uh, there's pigs on the map, so uh, he could he could get a whole bunch more food if he could collect it. So interesting part of this game was that Tato essentially had all these like different things trying to trying to find these pigs uh, and bring them near. Um, and then it kind of devolves into a game where Tato has step lancers against Leary's pikemen just chasing around Leary's base. Um, Eco was way ahead in Tato's favor for most of this game. And eventually Tato gets Leary's monks, gets into Leary's base, makes a castle, and Tato wins. Uh, this game was not as strategically interesting. It felt like um, Leary is not playing the same way, like the same level he was playing the rest of the series. Uh, I don't know if the loss got to him or just exhausted, which is entirely possible in a tournament like this. Uh, but it seemed like at this point, uh, it was it was very much Tato's uh, victory uh, lap. Uh, Tato got a castle up in like the south, which prevented Leary getting any gold. And Aztec without gold, that's like, you know, you're 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 uh, you're kind of done as a sieve. Uh, so yeah, any any thoughts on this last game here? Uh, the the step lancers were surprising from Tato, but they worked. I always like to see Seth Blanchard's work. But yeah, I agree with you. It kind of just seemed like Leary didn't get his mind back into it, and maybe halfway through this game realized it was getting out of hand and was just waiting for the opportunity to say congratulations to Tato. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. I mean, it's, I don't think that was in his mind, but I think it was just when you... It's tough, right? Like, I, I just think some of these tournaments are so brutal, just like time length wise, that like maybe if this was like an earlier series in the tournament, you might have been able to like regroup. But I, I imagine Leary's probably just exhausted. Yeah, it's probably eight o'clock at night for them at this point. And in addition to any kind of um, any kind of jet lag they've been working through that week. Yeah, no, for for sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, great series. Uh, I think the story itself is great. Tato winning essentially the uh, being the best player in a- Age of Empires of of twenty twenty two. That's what I call this tournament. Uh, and who's gonna doubt me? It was definitely the highest paying tournament, right, of the year. Um, and the good thing about Tato is he's from what I've seen, he's pretty down to earth. Uh, we had Sarums on a few yes, episodes yeah. ago, and you'll often see Tato hanging out in Sarum stream. And he does a little bit of coaching for her. Um, so Tato's Tato is a man of the people. It was good I, to see. Not that these other guys aren't, but uh, I like Tato. Tato seems like a very nice guy. He seems like a great guy. And then on top of it, like we, I definitely predicted him quite low, right? I think I, I predict him eighth, I believe. Um, and it it just feels like this was his tournament. Like he showed up. Um, this this is not a result I expected. I am happy though. I, I like the story. Um, and and now ha- I now have to reprogram my brain for who I expect to win things. And I I think on top of it, it's like when when in AOE two we have these tournaments like so distant from each other. Sometimes it 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 makes like these bigger tournaments a little harder to gauge, which is also quite interesting, right? We don't have like some kind of consistency of like oh what is their current form. Um, in some ways, it's like oh wow, I didn't see this coming, but this is fun. And I'm really happy that Tato won. Yep. Uh, all right. Any closing thoughts from you? Uh, great tournament. That's always my favorite one. Uh, there was the year, I guess, 2021 when we had 
four or five Red Bull Wolos. <laughs> um, but these that are now lands at the castle are only once a year, and they're great. I really like the production value. The, the crowd was great. It's great. To the crowd, crowd was amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I so liked awesome. having a crowd. Yeah. The crowd was kind of weird. They would applaud at things that I didn't think were worthy of applaud. Uh, I had some friends that were there, and they said that they were often applauding at like. You know, if you sniped a veal or if you got a nice mango shot, like they'd applaud at some stuff like that. So, and I think I, I don't know if the audio was slightly off. Um, well, they definitely didn't hear the commentator's audio, I feel they did. They did. Okay, that's weird because yeah. then the timing felt really off. If they heard yeah. the commentator, then the time felt because it, it sounded to me like a crowd that would be watching without commentators. That's like kind of how the crowd reacted to a lot of things, right? So, you yeah. wouldn't see something on screen and they're reacting to stuff, but. Yeah, they were out of sync with the commentators quite a bit, but I think that's what's going on. They probably had, I think they had bigger screens at with the crowd, so they were seeing, you know, some minor details that yeah. maybe the the casters weren't picking. So up if your on. casters are in like stream of consciousness, you know, yeah. like like they're probably not as focused on minute details while the crowd's having fun, right? So. Yeah, well, they're also usually trying to just fill dead air, right? Because there's nobody. They're doing it at home, or they've been doing it online, and they're not used to having to pause or, or feel what the crowd's into so there you go um i'm just really quickly gonna go over this uh we had the result from uh the uh age of Empires one final and uh the vietnamese player with the longer name one that i'm not gonna try to pronounce um but three oh and it was a, it was a drubbing yeah it was three zip um I, you're talking about the production uh and you have like all the costumes and everything um i'm quite curious if so i had <laughs> i had like a friend of mine that like tuned in for some of this stuff right uh and he was telling me that like it looked kind of ridiculous and it does right like outside it of the does thing. it um, does i think though the reality is is one, it's being put up on Red Bull, but two, we're not such a big esports that that we can't do things like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if we were if we were like a tournament every month, you know what I mean? A full circuit, you know, top sixteen from the circuit go into world finals, you know, and 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 we're we're every single every single tournament is like in a different area arena. Okay, then the commentators are going to be wearing like professional suits and stuff, right? Um, I think the reality is is they leaned into it, and Red Bull. I mean, you have, the one thing you give Red Bull is they're unafraid to just like do wonky things, um, and say what you want, regardless. I, I think I think it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not so like demeaning that you're not going to watch it. Um, at least that's what I think. Yeah, I could take or leave the silly costumes um yeah they could be professional and in suits or they could be in the costumes it don't make a difference to me but the overall production quality um the the overlay for the cast the um even down to just the guy controlling the map i think his name was actually Matthew. uh all of that was excellent and made for for good watching from home and everybody seemed to enjoy it but i know that was there in person so amazing I'm uh, also going to add real quick here. Average viewers uh, was 38,000. The peak viewers, which I imagine was close to the finals, was 76,000. Um, so 
you know what? I think Age of Empires, speaking of a 50k, as long as we can keep paying a 50k, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I'm all, I'd also argue that I think we're in a much better spot than uh, StarCraft right now. <laughs> uh, so it, it just feels like Age of Empires has kind of solidified. Um, this is kind of where we're at. A million three hundred fifty thousand hours watched. Now, this is a stat that I'll tell a corporate sponsor, uh, but not a human being, because <laughs> uh, no one cares how much hours people watched. Um, it's like a really big number. That's great for if if anyone's listening, but but does doesn't matter to me as much. But yeah, seventy six thousand. I mean, I think there was a while we were getting like sixty k tournaments. Right? Is that is that about right? I think maybe when like there's the AOE four expectation, some of these tournaments were getting a little more. But in general, I think this is still a very healthy number. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's not a bad place to be. I mean, like the sorry, and like just like let's say the average viewers, right? Like average viewers includes like probably you know some of like the very beginning matches and stuff, right? So it's it's like that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, anyway, I think it's it's healthy. I think we're in a decent spot. Um, and that's where we'll end the show. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope you like the more in-depth content, a little more strategy talk. We don't, you know, that's, that's the one thing we never do. Boxer saying is uh, the strategy stuff, but uh, we, whenever I do, whenever I prepare this much, we actually are able to get into a little bit. So it's kind of, yep. It was a good time. Good tournament. Good, uh, good podcast. There you go. Wow. I, I appreciate it. Boxer saying I'm going to high praise. Back. High yeah, praise. Yeah. Let's pat ourselves on the back. That's, that's definitely what all the listeners want to hear. I uh, know we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to go through the AOE four tournament. I'm going to see if I can get Matt in as well to watch a couple like the semis and the finals. And maybe we can go more in depth there. Um, and then boxer saying you'll be invited as well. Um, but bo- the difference is like boxer saying I can, you know, like two days or three days before I can be like, yo, are you ready for the show? Uh, and then he's like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Right. With Matt, Matt, he needs like a week advance notice, you know, <laughs> he needs, I need to schedule pencil it in, you know, I need, I need to go through his like uh, office, you know, it's a, it's a whole process. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy that. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Peace.